Welcome back to Mark's Badness, now part of Chunkaluta. Oh, I looped. God dang it. <laughs> Dude, one time without shooting body to it, I'm screwing it up again. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Mark's Badness, part of Chunkaluta Network. We read books. Uh, my name's David. I'm Prez. And Shugmani Tube will hopefully be joining us. Um, we're not sure today um, if they will or not, but they're going to try. Uh, but right now, we're going to start this off. And obviously, we turn to current events. Now, for you guys, it's been a week since your last episode. Uh, for me and when Shugmani Tube gets uh, here for them, too, um, it's been a couple days. So there's not as much to update as there normally is in current events, but Prez has a pretty interesting one to bring up uh california governor gavin newsom today october 25th met with chinese uh president premier um anyway gavin newsom governor of california met with xi jinping which is strange for head of any nation to meet with a governor on its own yeah um but also strange for the head of china to meet with the governor of california given that he's only met with biden like once well and and the thing that makes it more interesting too is it's obviously subversive but it's not like Gavin Newsom is a Republican while a Democrat's in office, or it's not like there's a Republican in office while Gavin Newsom is doing this. Yeah. Um, if you've been paying attention to like the Republican circuit, Gavin Newsom has been like following the Republican debates, like physically following them and being the like uh, Democratic Party rep in the debates so he'll just like stand outside and be like uh saying he's essentially been saying like the democrats have had a representation problem we need a party that knows how to talk to the public the same way the republicans do which is right um the democrats have shit messaging aside from the fact that they're just a shit platform like the republicans are much better at playing uh playing their cards yeah if you if you contain the world into the political game like most people that believe in the 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 two-party system in the uh, united states will do um then then that statement is correct right but then you have to believe again in a realism of the two-party system or a belief that the two-party system um, should be the arena you focus on because it's inherently good or, um, you know, it's 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 your best option or whatever. And in that case, yeah, the branding is terrible. Those words are correct. Um, also interesting because we've seen a lot of like independent leaning, um, you know, branded as left and then immediately shoot to the Republican type people. But I, Newsom doesn't have that kind of open-ended politics where, you know, this isn't like a Tulsi Gabbard um, where yeah, you know, she she can um, claim to be anti-war and, and been, you know, a progressive type, quote unquote, Democrat for a while. But then you get into like, you know, transphobia and stuff. And she'd always been like a, a, a oh, a, a Hindu supremacist when it comes to like India. Yeah. You know, there, there's no there's no foundation there where it's like, oh, you know, it's it's the homophobia or the transphobia that, that turned them or, oh, the, you know, they're a military person that was much more slippery but also most like 
actual quote unquote leftists in the U.S. who would still vote. Yeah, fucking hate Newsom. <laughs> People hate this slimy motherfucker. But so it's, um, it's kind of interesting because I don't know. I don't know what what he is then, but I think I think I kind of agree that this is part of a big a big presidential run campaign and it's a matter of if he's going to be one of those people that like because he's a slime ball he flips way right again like we mentioned Tulsi Gabbard and then like care, tries to carry the left wing reputation in or if he's going to try to do some kind of independent run or if he's going to try to somehow upend an incumbent within the party I, I well know. I don't think he's going to flip way right because the whole base of his capital support is tech um, and tech is the progressive the quote-unquote social progressive faction of yeah. capital um and that's the base of his whole career so like we have all these venture venture capital fucks in the republican party and venture capital doesn't give a shit yeah but tech is nominally quote-unquote progressive we know how little that means when it comes to like israel and palestine with most of tech supporting israel but like most tech companies do nominally support, you know, basic worker stuff or basic gender affirmation care and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the base of his political capital and literal capital backing. Um, and that's how he's built his career. So that he's just like a perfect middle of the road neoliberal in that sense. Uh which makes him, I guess, more dangerous because he has like all of these like connections with all of these companies who make it like, oh, we're actually very progressive. We donate one percent of your Uber drive to to planting a tree. <laughs> um, all this like uh, be- social behavioral manipulation stuff. Yeah, um, but I. They, they train you for that shit in business yeah. school. They call it social responsibility. Yeah. But you're not responsible at all. It's just fucking marketing. Yeah. Uh, so he's either trying to test the water or see if uh, he can push Biden a certain way or get him to replace Kamala as VP with him so then he can run in 2028 as like, I was vice president for four years. So he has that national recognition. Because Kamala sucks. No one likes her. <laughs> yeah, um, no. <laughs> she she doesn't really have a base, which is just an interesting thing in and of itself. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's trying right now, trying to test the waters to see how he can get more national recognition. And maybe he's trying to play the, like, uh, I'm the more reconciliatory... I don't think I said that term, that word right, but I, I think he's maybe trying to play the like, maybe we need to cool things down a little bit guy. Yeah. The voice of reason yeah. type, type guy. Yeah. Which uh, given the polling on how many Americans actually want war, that would probably go well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, even with these things too, though, that's usually like a whole psychological, you talk about going against Kamala. So um <laughs> I don't know how how much stock there there is in that, but it is definitely interesting. Um, other than that, I think obviously you know uh, Shigmani too uh, 
and and I talked the other day uh, about the, the ongoing genocide. I think everybody's fully aware of the ongoing genocide in Gaza. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I was about to <laughs> shit myself. I was like, "Are you really? Didn't you do an episode?" <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but other than that, I haven't seen any uh, any new specific lies that have come out because it's only been two days. I have seen Biden go up there and give a speech implying that the death toll um, that that they're getting, which is what, 6,000 now? Fucking like 3,000 kids. It's it's horrible. Almost seven. Almost seven. Yeah. Um, I, I've been seeing Biden like imply that the numbers are inflated, which is just yeah. fucking disgusting beyond all all reason but biden was also running around you know doing the the beheading stuff and it's not really what biden says or implies it's important as biden has power to just fucking stop this you know yeah i mean it's just horrible today and, blinken announced yeah. too that he called he literally called the qatari prime minister and said like hey can you tone down the al jazeera coverage mm-hmm. um, yeah and meanwhile al jazeera is getting journalists like their journalists are dying yeah, that are on the scene, and they're they're being told like, "Hey, can you can you touch this up a bit?" You know. <laughs> um, and after that was like leaked publicly on Axios, the Al Jazeera started putting out like, "Our one of our journalists, their family was killed by an Israeli strike." So like, they're not doing that anymore, I guess, or they're pretending. But if you yeah. want like day to day coverage, uh, electronic intifada. They do like every two days, they release like a two hour long live stream. And that also gets released as a podcast. Um, So that's a good place to check. And with that being said, I don't think I have any more current events unless uh, Shangmani too. Do you have anything for that before we move on to the reading? Did we talk about the 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 British? Did I miss that? No, no, we didn't. <laughs> okay, this is for fun. But the, the British have ended a century-old tradition of having Chinese servants quotation as the literal CNN editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh because they might be forced to spy for the CPC obviously. And I'm being facetious. I don't actually call them the CPC. So just for any idiots listening. Uh <laughs> And so um they're replacing them with uh Nepalese Gorkas. Nice. So they're not even they're not even like they're not even ending the surveys. They're just they're just making sure they're not it's stopping. Kind of become more racist because of this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what it is, right? Oh yeah, no. all of Chinese people are spies. Are nefarious dual, spies. <laughs> dual loyalties. And, and by the way, we still have Asian servants. But that being said, we are on to Gramsci. Um. Yeah, and so we're on section five. What the relations should be between the PC? Can you give the page number again? Oh, I'm sorry. Slide one thirteen. Slide one thirteen. Uh, it's the chapter four of of the book that this section of the readers out of. Uh, the chapter is communism, nineteen fourteen and nineteen twenty four, and the section is section five. What relations should be between the PC uh, DI and the Comintern? Um, which the PCDI was that the People's Party? 
they called it right or whatever it is the not the people's party the progressive communist party, the communist party of italy Oh, was it the Communist Party video? Okay. Communista I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't remember the vague name that the Christian Democrats uh, switched to. But okay, no. So, I, I was going to be like party, party of the Italians. <laughs> See, this is why I asked. They had the complete wrong party. Um, <laughs> with that, uh, Pres, do you want to start reading? Sure. Up till now, we have adopted an attitude towards the common turn that has appeared has appeared equivocal. While we have a proclaimed the utmost formal discipline and used language more appropriate for inferiors speaking to their superiors than for use between equals, we have acted in such a way as to give the impressions that we were ready to do anything effectively to evade the directives established by the international congresses and by the executive committee. It is a principle of orientation that has now become now become fundamental that every local attitude must have an international reflection and can lead to an international process of organization, or at least a mo- movement that will bring about the emergence of f- factions within the common turn. It is certain that the executive will combat sharply any, any manifestation of such a kind. One procedure which the executive regards as being of the highest importance is that there should always be unanimity in votes. This is not simply a formal question. From the entire experience of the Russian Revolution, it is clear that the absence of unanimity is important public in the absence of unanimity in important public votes produces quite specific attitudes among the broad masses. Political enemies are polarized towards the minority, enlarging and generalizing its positions. They clandestinely publish manifestos and programs, etc., perhaps even signed by the oppositionists or by a group of their friends. And they carry out a whole agitational activity which may become extremely dangerous at a certain juncture. A defensive approach to such maneuvers is unanimity in voting, which appears in the eyes of the public as an agreement reached and as proof of the most open unity. From this principle, which has become fundamental for the communist parties insofar as they must take up positions today with an eye to tomorrow, there flow corollaries which are relevant to our attitudes too. For example, the assertion that we will observe discipline even if we are not convinced, the threat of resignations, etc. Indeed, this attitude is more dangerous insofar as it gives rise to or can give rise to rumors and whisperings and can lead to pseudo-revelations from behind the scenes, which can have very grave repercussions in the international arena. It is therefore better to raise questions in their full dimensions in private discussions, upholding one's own point of view proudly and showing that one is ready to struggle. Naturally, such questions can arise only within the limits of the statutes and of the decisions already taken by the various congresses and conferences. We are in a questionable position in the view of the international situation. The tactic of the United Front, laid down with the considerable precision by the Russian comrades, both technically 
and in the general approach to its practical application, has in no country found the party or the men capable of concretizing it. Germany, where it seemed until recently that exemplary things had been achieved, has been strongly criticized. The great majority of the German party has not understood this tactic, and the majority minority, sorry, has not understood this tactic, and the minority is the expression of this widespread state of mind. The it's- Frankfurt delegation sent to Amsterdam was only capable of pursuing a bureaucratic practice and for that reason was recalled. It's, it's interesting to see Germany pointed out because obviously we know what direction that, that went. Uh, and just like, yeah, this is where they fucked up right there and, and saw it coming obviously because Gramsci was dealing with the rise of fascism at the same time. But man, that's yeah. Well, this was written in Moscow in 1923. So the, this German stuff he could be writing about Rosa and he could be writing about afterwards too in which case there's a lot to be said obviously all this cannot be accidental there is something not functioning in the international field as a whole there is a weakness and inadequacy of leadership the Italian question must be seen in this framework, not as something which depends on the ill will of individuals and which can be modified by the goodwill of the first rough fellow who decides to be a Mar- Marcellus. I don't recall who Marcellus is. We must argue that we want to pose the problem to the other parties in this way, and we must utilize whatever elements are available to us if there is a refusal to recognize our goodwill and correct conduct. The present majority of the CP, Communist Party, intends to defend to the last its position and historical role in Italy, where the unified Communist Party must be constituted with an ideological center which is neither the traditional socialist one nor compromise with that. We are defending the future of the Italian revolution. The situation of the socialist party to a great extent depends upon a similar attitude in a group of socialist leaders. They defend and will defend to the last and with every means their political profile and their future. We may have made mistakes and are willing to amend them, but we are not willing to allow the center of attraction and assimilation of new elements entering the Italian section of the common turn to be shifted onto a new basis represented by individuals who want to make a compromise with the socialists on the fundamental issue. The attitude of the common turn and the activity of its representatives is bringing disintegration and corruption into the communist ranks. We are determined to struggle against the elements who would liquidate our party against the corrupt elements. The situation of illegality and exile makes this obligatory. We do not want what happened in Hungary and Yugoslavia to be repeated in Italy. If the common turn too receives a few blows as we strike back, we should not be blamed for that. It is a mistake to ally itself with oneself with untrustworthy elements from handwritten notes, probably written in Moscow in June, 1923. Everybody, everybody write down that last one. 
and then send it to the Pat's Ocean. <laughs> well, so this was happening during a whole argument in the common turn. Uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, that was about how we should have a united front with the social Democrats against fascism. And Gramsci is very clearly saying, no, <laughs> we shouldn't. Uh, look what happened in Germany. Yeah, uh, which I guess that kind of lends a little bit to that must be, you know, talking about what happened after with Rosa or, you know, probably the, like the assassination of Rosa, right? Because what yeah. that was, that was 1919 when that happened, yeah. right? That yeah, this is like right on that. Yeah, path. so. Yeah, so th this was a pretty strong struggle, but then we also have a few years later when Gramsci is writing, like, where did where did we go wrong that Mussolini was able to take control? He ends up writing, maybe we should have leaned into the United Front earlier to prevent him from even getting into office and then been like been more willing to like play our cards more freely and not seen like a united front as like a, a marriage and more as like a temporary alliance that you can break off whenever you see fit kind of thing. And that way it doesn't have to be hashed out as, as much. You just need to know that you're in alliance on uh, a strategic um, yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, so with that, we're going to move on to section six, uh, letter to Togliani, Terracini, and others. Terracini sounds like a pasta. It might be Terracini. I don't, I don't quite know how to pronounce it's it. It's probably Terracini, right? I know. I it know that. Terracini. Okay. I had it right. Look at that. Yeah. That's <laughs> Italian. I that's don't what know. I thought. I just, I just, I know. There's like a C. I know there's a C and then a double C and they act different and, but I think the double C is like an SH. I can't, I can't remember. Um, is a, no, that's awesome. Cause Bertucci is actually Bertucci. Oh, I don't know. I see. See there. I, I got this one, right. We're going to move on. <laughs> um, a new phase is beginning in the history of not just our party, but of our country too. Oh, I should specify this specifies it was written in Vienna, February 9th, 1924. So that we actually get the date at the beginning. Um, a new phase beginning in the history of not just our party, but of our country too. It is therefore necessary that we should enter a phase of greater clarity in relations with the party and in relations with the party and international. I do not want to run too long. I will simply deal with a few points in the hope that they will suffice to illuminate also the questions left on one side. One of the most serious errors which I have characterized and continue to characterize in our party's activity can be summed up in the same words as those used in the second of these on tactics. And goes in quote, it would be wrong to see these two factors of consciousness and will as faculties which can be obtained from or should be demanded of individuals, since they are only realized through the integration of activity of many individuals into a unitary collective organism. This concept, correct if it refers to the working class, is mistaken and extremely dangerous if referred to the party. Uh, 
Before Livorno, it is the conception of Cerati who maintained that the party as a whole was revolutionary, even if socialists of various shapes and colors cohabited within it. At the Congress where the Russian Social Democrats split, this conception was upheld by the Mensheviks, who said that the party as a whole that count it was the party as a whole that counted, not its individual members. So far as the latter were concerned, it is enough that they should declare themselves to be socialists. In our party, this conception has been partly responsible for the opportunist danger. For one cannot deny that the minority was born in one disciples as a result of the absence of discussion and polemic within the party i.e. as a result of our failure to give importance to an individual comrades or to seek and orient them a little more concretely than can be done through decrees and peremptory orders so I, I, this, this all seems like a big argument for democratic centralism right um but also it's it's clearly that that centralism has to have a buy-in too you know these these have to be committed revolutionaries to be in the vanguard maybe you don't have to go to every single working class person and have them buy into every single issue if the working class buys into the issue and supports the party as a whole um and then you can work from there but in the party you have to have the discipline to um stand with the party stand on the correct footing on on everything you can't you can't just be like oh we want to be big tent we want to get everyone in here you know and the party is not an alliance a party can have alliances is kind of what I'm I'm reading. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's what I'm. It's like it. coalition building, like <laughs> Huey and Fred said. <laughs> it's amazing how so many revolutionaries come to such similar conclusions. Maybe we should listen to that. Yeah, it's almost like this is a science or something that's independently discovered anywhere you come face to face with the contradictions of capitalism. Amazing. <laughs> Somebody timestamp it. <laughs> In in our party, we have had another aspect of danger to lament, the withering of all individual activity, the passivity of the mass of members, the stupid confidence that there's always somebody else who is thinking of everything and taking care of everything. Hey, I'm in the party. I don't have to, I don't always have to be a leader. I'm in the party. Um, this situation has had the most serious repercussions in the organizational field. The party has lacked the possibility of choosing, with rational criteria, the trustworthy elements to whom particular tasks could be assigned. The choice has been made empirically, according to the, according to the personal knowledge of individual leaders, and has most often fallen to elements who did not enjoy the confidence of the local organizations and therefore saw their work sabotaged. And it should be added that the work carried out has only been controlled to the most minimal extent, and that in the party, there has therefore been produced a real separation between the membership and the leadership. The situation still continues and seems to, to me to contain innumerable dangers. In my stay in Moscow, I did not find a single one of the political exiles, though they came from every different part of Italy and were among the most active elements, who understood the position of our party or did not criticize the Central Committee harshly, while of course observing fully the norms of discipline and obedience. The error of the party has been to have accorded priority in an abstract fashion to the problem of party organization which in practice has simply meant creating an apparatus of functionaries who could be depended on for their orthodoxy towards the official view. 
uh, basically whatever. We're just going to fill it with yes men. <laughs> like that's not how you you build a revolution. Um, it was believed and is still believed that the revolution depends on the existence of such an apparatus. And is sometimes even believed that its existence can bring about the revolution. Um, it's, it's this is essentially the infrared crew. It's just yeah. a bunch of yes men who, if you agree enough, you can convince people that you're all right. Yeah. And it's, it's on the backs of ensuring that people in the party are disciplined and revolutionary. And that seems like a contradiction unless, you know, of course you, you realize what's being asked here and what's being asked here is making sure if people are in the Vanguard, right. That, that they are oriented like ideologically towards revolution that, that demands action that demands speaking up. Uh, but that also, you know, demands that that's how you get those, those centralized, um viewpoints right they they bring it to the forefront they speak out about it they they you bring about the democratic process in the party of democratic centralism you know it's it's this this is democratic centralism down to an individual level is what a lot of this is i mean and, this is also importantly we can make jokes about infrared or whatever this is gramsci's criticism of of the common this, turn, right? of moscow yeah no but yeah. that's when we're looking at where infrared's drawing a lot of their um decision making and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's a uh, demagogic adherence to yeah. the soviet union's failed yeah. lines yeah yeah and it, we could even see in the the sec- section five that i read we can see gramsci is in 1923 when he was in moscow we can see his frustration with this kind of like democratic centralism to the point where you don't even argue you just are handed like this is the vote we're gonna vote yes well i mean that's yeah, there's, there's, it's too much centralism and not enough democratic yeah, yeah. and and yeah. Th- this is this is where gramsci starts breaking with the soviet bureaucracy mm, okay. and we see more in his writings later on that where we start seeing him go into like this is really where we need to lean into culture and, and cultural revolution that the bureaucracy isn't going to solve our revolutionary issues. We need to go down to the, the countryside kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I think and ultimately he's proven correct by the time Stalin dies. Yeah. Yeah. Know? I mean, that's, there, there's some, there's a tone to it. That's like, okay, none of these, because we saw this in the last section, the common turns plans didn't work. It's like in these Western countries, um, you know, the, like essentially revolution wise, Russia had it easy because everybody bought in czar bad and these new fuckers aren't, weren't making it work any better. Right. Um, whereas, you know, in, in the West, that's, that's a little more difficult. You, you got to get more cultural buy-in, right? This, the, these, uh, uh propaganda apparatus that, that are, I don't think that's necessarily up. true. I think you can definitely utilize the cultural aspect to stretch out the material conditions and open a lot of people's eyes. Cause like when you look at wounded knee, mm-hmm. 75% of the country supported wounded knee. Yeah. And then 20% supported the president. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. no, I mean, you saw Indian that, you saw liberation that in the- is a very easy way to stress these contradictions and people need to open their eyes to that, which is why I'm even on here. Yeah. You know, like it's not as hard as people make it out to be. NATO has 12% of the world's population. <laughs> we, we have five. No, I mean, the, the, so, <laughs> you know, the numbers are pretty in our favor. 
Yeah, uh, Mudani is a fantastic example. Another example of this, and it's a little more recent for for people, you know, just to come to is the George Floyd protest, and you saw how how that turned like the whole public against police brutality. And and the scary part about that is we have to keep the energy going. See, the thing is, is George Floyd is close to Wounded Knee. The closest you got with George Floyd is Chaz to Wounded Knee. And most of the country does not support Chaz. No. (laughs) Yeah, Chaz was trash. That's the thing. I'll, I'll make the argument that George Floyd, as important as it is, most of Americans don't didn't support the cops to begin with. It yeah. just became. It was more, unorganized struggle towards yeah. the material conditions being stressed in a way that's usable, but because of the lack of organization, it did nothing. This is like yeah. a common thing that's overseen the, the over and over again. Of George of the the Floyd protest was more that now it's okay to say like BLM, and now you can buy a coffee cup or a tote bag that has blm on it yeah i would i I would say that like gaza right now is like a very clear rupture in hegemony that like israel really fucking lost their uh cultural hegemonic grip on things right now yeah like they're fucking pro-palestine protesting roblox like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's that's good and and you see that while the media is still in lockstep and unit in playing unison playing its same you know propaganda games too you know? yeah but the point is is that that's only a state hegemony like the yeah. people aren't involved it, there is a fundamental um emergence of a pro cult that we can see here and utilize yeah yeah, and, yeah. no I, the, I, I, was, I was agreeing with that. i was saying even through yeah. the the media's you know um, propaganda people are seeing through it, and then and the support for Israel is crumbling. Oh, okay, you sounded like, oh yeah, but the media is still maintaining. No, no, I was saying even with the media. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Anyway, the the party has lacked any organic activity of agitation and propaganda. Although this should have had all our attention and involved the formation of genuine specialists in this field, no attempt has been made to stimulate the masses at every opportunity to express themselves in the same direction as the communist party. Every event, every anniversary of a local or national or worldwide nature should have served to agitate the masses by means of the communist cells, putting through resolutions, distributing leaflets. This has not been accidental. The communist party has even been against the formation of factory cells. Any participation of the masses in an activity and international life of the party, other than the big occasions and following formal decree from the center, has been seen as the result of a dialectical process in which the spontaneous movement of the revolutionary masses and the organizing and directing will of the center converge. It has been seen merely as something suspended in the air, something with its own autonomous and self-generated development, something which the masses will join when the situation is right and the crest of the revolutionary wave is at its highest point, or when the party center decides to initiate an offensive and stoop to the level of the masses in order to arouse them and lead them into action. That is a biting criticism right there. Uh, Naturally, since things do not work out this way, areas of opportunistic infection have formed without the center knowing anything about them. These have had their reflection in the parliamentary group, but subsequently in a more organic form in the minority. 
This conception has had its influence on the fusion issue. The question that has always put the common turn put to the common turn was the following quote. Do you think that our party is still at the nebular stage or that its formation has been completed? The truth is that historically a party is never definitive and never will be for it will become definitive only when it has become the whole population. In other words, when it has disappeared until it disappears it has achieved the ultimate, because it has achieved the ultimate aims of communism, it will pass through a whole series of transitory phases and will from time to time absorb new elements in the two forms which are historically possible, through individual recruitment or through the recruitment of smaller or larger groups. The situation was made even more difficult for our party as a result of its disagreements with the Comintern. If the International is a world party, even taking this with many pinches of salt... It is obvious that the development of the party and the forms it can take depend on two factors, not just one. They depend, in other words, not just on the national executive, but also and especially on the international executive, which is stronger. To repair the situation, to succeed in impressing the orientation which Amadeo Bordaga wants on the development of our party, it is necessary to conquer... Did you say Bordaga? It's Bordaga. Bordaga. Bordiga. Bordiga, okay. I said Bordiga. Bordiga. It is necessary. It's lasagna, okay? (laughs) Bordiga. It is is necessary to conquer the international executive. In other words, to become the hub of a general opposition. Politically, this is the result one arrives at, and it is natural that the international executive should seek to break the back of the Italian executive. Amadeo has a whole theory about this, and in his system, everything is logically coherent and consistent. He thinks that the tactic of of the international reflects the Russian situation, i.e. was born on the terrain of a backward and primitive capitalist civilization. For him, this tactic is extremely voluntaristic and theatrical, because only with an extreme effort of will was it possible to obtain from the Russian masses a revolutionary activity which was not determined by the historical situation. He thinks that for more developed countries of Central and Western Europe, this tactic is inadequate or even useless. In these countries, the historical mechanism functions according to all approved schemes of Marxism. There exists the historical determinism, which was lacking in Russia, and therefore over the overriding task must be the organization of the party as an end in and of itself or end in itself, basically same meaning. Um, I think that the situation is quite different. Firstly, because political conception of the Russian communists was formed on an international and not a national terrain. Secondly, because in Central and Western Europe, the development of capitalism has not only determined the formation of the broad proletarian stata, but also, as a consequence, has created the higher stratum, the labor aristocracy, with its appendages in the trade union bureaucracy and the social democratic groups. The determination, which in Russia was direct and drove the masses into the streets for a revolutionary uprising in Central and Western Europe, is complicated by all these political superstructures created by the greater development of capitalism. This makes the action of the masses slower and more prudent and therefore requires of the revolutionary party, a strategy and tactic 
altogether more complex and long-term than those which were necessary for the Bolsheviks in the period between March and November 1917. All of which tracks, of course. <laughs> um, but the fact that Amadeo had has this conception and that he seeks to achieve its victory, not merely on a national scale, but also internationally, is one thing. He's a convinced man and struggles with great skill and great elasticity to, to obtain his objective, to avoid compromising his theses, to postpone any common turn sanctions which might prevent him from continuing until the historical period in which the revolution in Western and Central Europe deprives Russia of the hegemonic position it holds today. But that we, who are not convinced of the historical truth of this conception, should continue to ally ourselves with it politically and thereby give it to the international status which at its present enjoys is quite another thing. Amadeo approaches things from the viewpoint of an international minority, but we must approach things from the viewpoint of a national majority. Okay, we cannot therefore wish the leadership of the party to be given to representatives of the minority on the grounds that they are in agreement with the international. Even if after the discussion opened up by the manifesto, the majority of the party remains with the present leaders. Wait, even if after the, okay. This is in my view is the central. This, in my view, is the central point, which must determine our attitude politically. If we agreed with our de Amadeo's thesis, of course we ought to ask ourselves whether, having the majority of the party with us, it would be better to remain in the international, with a national leadership drawn from the minority, taking our time and waiting for reversal of the situation to prove us correct theoretically, or whether it would be better to break away. But if we do not agree with the thesis to sign the manifesto means taking full responsibility for the following equivocal alternatives. Either if there is a majority of Amadeo's thesis to accept a minority leadership, we who do not agree with the thesis and could therefore resolve the situation organically. Wait, <sighs> to accept the minor, we do not agree with the thesis and could therefore resolve the situation organically or else to remain in a minority. When by virtue of our ideas, we are in agreement with the majority, which would align itself with the international. This would mean our political liquidation and to split from Amadeo after such a state of affairs would appear extremely distasteful and odious. Suggestions for our future work. I do not want to go very deeply into the subject because it would require a great deal of space to deal with it adequately. I will content myself with a few suggestions. The future work of the party will be, will have to be renewed both organic organizationally and politically in the organizational field. I think it is necessary to give a greater role to the central committee, right? Is that CC? CC central committee. Yeah. Okay. Just make it sure and make it do more work. And so far as this is possible, given the situation, I think it is necessary to establish more clearly the relationships Oh, relations which should exist between the various party bodies, fixing more precisely and strictly the division of labor and the allocation of responsibilities. Two new bodies and activities must be created. A control commission made up predominantly of old workers should in the last instance adjudicate litigious questions which do not have immediate political repercussions. In other words, which do not require an immediate intervention by the executive. 
It should also keep the status of party members under continuous review through periodic checks and an agitation and propaganda committee should collect all such local and national material as is material as is necessary and useful for the party's agitational and propaganda at agitation and propaganda. No, is that right? Yeah. Agitation and propaganda. I combine national and agitation. That's funny. <laughs> um, <clears throat> No, I think you're right. It's no, no, agitational no. and propaganda activity. That's so weird. If you look above yeah. it, national agitation. So it's agitation, national, agitational. Yeah. And yeah, but it's agitational. That's, that's just propaganda. funny how that works out. Yep. <laughs> Those are all right next to each other. Also that's confusing. <laughs> and uh, agitational propaganda activity. It should study local situations proposed forms of agitation and composed leaflets and programs to orient the work of the local bodies it should be based on a whole national organization whose constitutive nucleus will be the ward in the big urban centers and the rural districts in the countryside. It should begin its work by a census of party members who should be divided up for organizational purposes, according to their seniority and the posts, which they have held the abilities they have shown. And of course their moral and political talents we're literally doing this in chocolate that's crazy that's wild i love maybe, reading maybe yeah. indigenous people aren't hindu they're actually italians that it brings a whole new zionist <laughs> argument to columbus <laughs> he was just returning home oh my god <laughs> Oh, do you want to pick up, David? Sorry, I wasn't sure. No, you you go ahead. Okay, yeah, I'll finish off since we're almost done with the episode anyway. Um, let's see. A precise division of labor must be established between the executive and the clandestine bureau. Precise responsibilities and functions established. Bro, how did I accidentally discover Gramsci? <laughs> That's crazy. This is crazy to read, like, my exact strategy, you know? It blows my mind a little. Precise responsibilities and functions established, which cannot be violated without serious disciplinary sanctions. I think that this is one of the weakest sides of our party, demonstrating most clearly how the centralism installed has been more a bureaucratic formality and banal confusion of responsibilities and functions than a rigorous system of organizations. Organization. In the political field, it is necessary to draw up detailed thesis on the Italian situation and the possible phases of its further development. In 1921 to 22, the party had the following official conception that the advent of, fasc of a fascist or military dictatorship was impossible. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong. <laughs> <laughs> With great difficulty, I managed to get this conception removed from the thesis and prevent it from being written down, securing basic modifications in theses 51 and 52 on tactics. Now it seems to me that the party is falling into another error, closely linked to the previous one. 
Then, no importance was accorded to the silent, latent opposition to fascism of the industrial bourgeoisie and a social democratic government was not uh, thought possible. But only one of these three solutions, dictatorship of the proletariat, least probable, dictatorship of the general staff in behalf of the industrial bourgeoisie in the court, dictatorship of fascism. This conception bound our political action and led us into many mistakes. And I think that's what a lot of people mean by is fascism here yet? They mean, does fascism maintain a dictatorship of control? You know, which is like, does that matter? You should be fighting fascism before that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is also the third international's analysis. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Now, once again, no account is being taken of the emerging opposition in the industrial bourgeoisie, especially that which is beginning to take shape in the South, with a more explicitly territorial character and thus presenting certain aspects of a national question. Interesting. Okay. <sighs> it is more or less believed that a proletarian revival could be, can and must only benefit our party. I think, however, that it is that... If there is a revival, our party will still be in a minority, that the majority of the working class will go with the reformists, and that the liberal democratic bourgeois, sorry, this is just like, wow, this is real, will still have a great deal to say. That the situation is actively revolutionary, I do not doubt, and that therefore, within a given space of time, our party will have the majority with it. But although this period will perhaps not be long, Chronologically, it will undoubtedly be packed with supplementary phases, which we will have to foresee with some accuracy in order to be able to maneuver and avoid making mistakes, which will prolong the trials of the proletariat. I believe, moreover, that the party should tackle in a practical sense certain problems which have never been confronted, and those resolutions and whose, sorry, whose resolutions has simply been left to such elements of the party as were directly affected by them. There's no planning ahead is what he's criticizing. <laughs> yeah. Problem- he's also, he's also talking about like, you know, um, certain problems with being confronted or just left to the, the elements of the party directly led by him. It's like, Oh, if fascism breaks out in Italy, well, that's what I mean. The, the Italians can, can handle that. Well, that's what I mean. They're not thinking ahead. They're, yeah. they're literally yeah. only, planning on things that they're reacting they're not revolutionizing yeah, yeah. you know um the problem of winning the wait is that right? yeah the problem of winning the milanese proletariat is a national problem for our party which should be solved with all means the party has at its disposal rather than just with milanese means if we do not have with us, in a stable fashion, the overwhelming majority of Milanese proletariat, we cannot carry out or keep going the revolution in Italy as a whole. It cannot carry out or... Wait. <sighs> it is therefore necessary to bring worker elements from other cities into Milan, to introduce them to work in the factories, to enrich the legal and class de- clandestine organizations in Milan with the best elements from all of Italy. Insert Pine Ridge... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> over and over again, I'm like, pat myself on the back. Uh, <laughs> it is therefore necessary to bring workers' elements from other cities into Milan, to introduce them to work in the factories, to enrich the legal and clandestine organizations in Milan, with the best elements from all Italy. 
Thus, I think it is roughly speaking necessary to inject into the Melanese working class at least a hundred comrades willing to work themselves to death for the party. I will repeat that one. Thus, I think it is roughly speaking necessary to inject into the Melanese working class at least a hundred comrades willing to work themselves to death for the party. Another problem of this kind is that of the seamen, not not seamen, but like, you know what I mean. Stop it. <laughs> Closely linked to the problem of the military fleet. <laughs> You're like, got the bonk stick ready, Prez? <laughs> right next to me. Italy li- is it a paddle? No, anyway. Uh, Italy lives from the sea. God damn it. Fail to concern oneself with the problem of the seamen as one of the most important questions and worthy of the party's maximum attention would mean not to think concretely about revolution. Wait, hold on. As one of the most important questions and worthy of the party's maximum attention would mean not to think concretely about revolution. When I think. I fucking hate my brain okay when i think that for a long time the leader of our work among seamen was a boy like karoti's son that's a terrible name it makes me shudder another problem is that of the railway men which we have always looked oh my god he's like a lot of our leader there's they're struggling with the same exact u.s problems a lot of the good communists are really young huh fascinating but anyway, another problem is that of the railway men, which we have always looked at from a purely trade union point of view, whereas it tr- 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 whereas it transcends that definition and is a national political problem of the first order. Fourth and last of these problems is that of the South, which we have misunderstood, just as socialists did, considering that it could be solved within the normal framework of our general political activity. I've always been convinced that the South would become a great, become the grave of fascism, but I also think that it will be the greatest reservoir and the marshalling ground for national and international reaction. If before the revolution, we do not adequately study its problems and are not prepared for everything. I think I have given you a fairly clear idea of my position and the differences which exist between it and what comes out from the manifesto. Since I think that, to a great extent, you are more in agreement with my position, on which we found ourselves together for some considerable time. I hope that you will st- still have the possibility of deciding otherwise than you were on the point of doing. With the most fr- fraternal greetings, Mashi? Was that Gramsci's? Yeah, it was like an alias. Mashi? I like that. I just got two points, though, since that was the end. Um... We got to talk about trains. <laughs> um, well, you know, Mussolini did make them run on time. He, he, he was very big on making them run on time, yes. Uh, the they one good joke in the Barbie time. movie was no. about fascism, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the, his thing about how it's, we, even in the U.S. today, like we focus on, the train workers as union as a trade union problem and it's a national issue um that's very deeply accurate like trains are 
cargo transportation, their people transportation, their infrastructure. Um, like we roll our eyes whenever like governments say that whatever X is national security risk. That's why Biden crushed the railway uh, workers strike by saying that this was going to be a national security risk. But like there are certain segments of workers that are like key to the economy and to the functioning of a nation in a way that like other workers are not, not to say that certain workers that like there are such a thing as an unimportant worker, but like railway workers are like top tier kind of thing compared to like a grocery store worker, grocery store workers, very localized. Yeah. I think, I think I've said it before on, on Mark's matter. This, this might've been even before Shigmani two came on, but a lot of, times people think of us as a service economy but what is a service economy you still need goods that's an import and transportation economy yeah yeah so like when we're doing trade and this is also gramsci's issue with trade unionism it's that like it becomes very segmented and very siloed so that when we're looking at you know how do we improve the working conditions of workers we're looking at the industries themselves rather than what is the role of a railway worker within the greater economy of a socialist system. So that when you have a revolution or a revolutionary moment, if you just have a whole bunch of trade unions, and this was the problem we had in England, you have a whole bunch of trade unions, and then you have an issue where you have trouble unifying them, of everyone then going, okay, now we're all workers. Um so that's point one. Uh, point two is the the we're gonna come to his thing on the Southern question later. It's literally an essay on the Southern question. He was in the middle of writing it when he got arrested by Mussolini. Um, think about parts of the U.S. that are like the deepest areas of right wing fascist reaction. And then how unequal those areas are. Or like some people that you know, either like income-wise or racial or gender, who have like, like the stereotype of like opposite politics that suits them. There's something when people are politically educated by the bourgeoisie that instills this petty bourgeois fascist ideology that makes it very hard when there's no socialist or left political education to counteract that. So we see that today in the U S and like the deep South or I was, I was immediately going to say red States, uh, border towns, stuff like that. Um, I, I also, you're talking about how some of the most deep, deeply reactionary places are, um, um, are some of the most unequal, right? And, and obviously the red states are a good, a a good way, you know, poverty in, in Alabama and Mississippi is way up and above where it is everywhere else. And it's because of the, the poverty bestowed upon the, the black belt, 
right? Um, but it's a little little hyper small section of St. Louis geography lesson here. Everybody uh, remembers Michael Brown um in 2014 shot by ferguson police and then after the whole federal investigation that like the ferguson police were so damn racist the st louis uh police who are notoriously like the highest in the nation in murder rate <laughs> were were given the green to, to take over right because shit was so bad in in ferguson well ferguson is there it's 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 east of of um um lambert airport uh, and then it's it's north of Umsel campus is a big college there just south of Umsel campus is, is a town called Normandy in Normandy there's a fucking golf course that notoriously like has all black workers and all white um uh course goers and everything like it's it's exactly the racism you associate oh, with cool. with golf and of course you know the majority of, of homelessness is as you go east, as you go towards the river from there, um, but also, you know, as you go north in, in St. Louis in, in general is where poverty tends to to spike up, whether it's out in the county or or in the uh, urban St. Louis. So, yeah, very fucking, very fucking bad segregation area. Well, that being said, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you have any more thoughts or comments or want us to expand on any of the points we made today, please reach out at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter or at Mark's Madness Pod at gmail.com. Wait, I, I did an ad at the beginning of that, but at gmail.com uh, to complain. Uh, we have a vote going on for the next season. Make sure to get your opinions heard because decolonial Marxism is winning. Um, if you want to find that poll, it's on the Twitter. Uh, you can join the Discord also for free via the Twitter. Uh, however, if you'd like to support what we're doing and help us get more media out, if you don't know, we started a TikTok where we've been uploading Mark's Madness uh clips it's pretty great pretty good editing don't mean to brag uh, i mean to brag uh, <laughs> but um you you can join the patreon discord for as little as one dollar and get your ideas heard uh more quickly i guess i don't know there's not a lot of benefits you sometimes get to see stuff sooner not mark's madness though <laughs> Anyway, uh, otherwise, you can find all of other social medias at ch- uh, Linktree slash Chunkaluta Network or linktr.ee for use un- unfamiliar with Linktree. I just learned about it. Uh, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, please help out. There's fundraising efforts in the Linktree to check out. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm Shugmani too. And I finally hit my unmute button click. I'm David, and we will talk to you next week. Talk Bye. Bye. <laughs>